the least is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. Welcome to season two, episode 13 of the Houston Dynapod podcast. And I'm joined by the professor, Sean Ringrose. Hello, Sean. I thought last time was supposed to be the last time or the time before that. I've lost track of how many last times we've had together. It's like um, it's like a non-abusive relationship that everybody actually gets along in. We just keep trying to end it. It's weird. It's so, the so opposite of, I think, how it's supposed to work. From the relationship back. Pers- yeah, from the relationship perspective, it's like how we as Dynamo fans feel now with Ted Segal as our yeah, owner. Right? lovely. Uh, yeah, you're you're breaking up hardcore, bro. Yeah, it's definitely not me either. <laughs> For the first time ever. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Stop downloading. I'm extremely porn. excited about. I'm not downloading anything. Can you hear me? Mm. It's this, it's this bullshit ass apartment fucking internet, bro. My hands are up here. Look, hands. There's no porn. Hands no, are I, up. I, I just said right. stop downloading porn. I didn't say you were watching porn right now. You can download without watching. Oh, I don't know no. if you know that about porn. That is the thing you can. No, totally I don't down. Do. I don't. Dude, I don't. <laughs> I know, but I don't download it because I don't want the evidence. I go incognito. Look, that's what the uh, and then I still the, erase my history just in case. That's what the homework folder is for, or the work folder that you know. <laughs> I've been a computer Man, guy all my I life. Save that I was stuff. a teenager. <laughs> I was a teenager too. It's just a natural progression. That's what happened after oh, yeah. twelve ended. I'm exactly with you. So, dude, you like okay, everybody, listen. This was supposed to be like a brief episode right we're gonna do a 3v3 total of 36 minutes okay and i'm at i'm at work and fucking if you noticed i did not about 5 p.m because i was working anyway when i get on there sean and i had already arranged this and sean says sure you don't want to go longer and i thought he was making like a dirty sex joke because we do that in private and uh, wait, wait, like, do we, we make dirty about? sex jokes or we just make dirty sex in private? You got to then really I, I started seeing here. just the jokes. Like when I'm confronted with it, I'm going to be like, nope, I am. We're good. It's a, <laughs> just just a joke. Yeah, dude. It's, yeah. Fucking lose, lose my train of thought. So um, I was like, what is he talking about? Like, sure, you don't want to go longer. And then I start looking and I, I see people. To, I It was because I had looked at twitter like my twitter hadn't refreshed because i hadn't opened it in like four or five hours sure. so i read the message and in the background twitter is not refreshing and then i start to see and i went what the fuck did i miss and then i saw <laughs> it and hector herrera who's fucking coming to houston he mm-hmm. is leaving la liga winning atletico madrid who are currently he just started two champions champions league uh games and he's coming to fucking houston He's coming here. You know how fucking big that is? That is uh that is fucking massive. So fuck everybody that didn't think we could do it. Sean, what do you think? Uh I mean 
to be fair, I've known that it was pretty much a done deal uh, for a little bit now. Uh, I've been, you know, telling people that uh, certain things were already transpiring. Um, you know, all that was really left was for him to basically say yes. Uh, there was no doubt it was going to happen when the reported figure was out there because that was more than he was making in the Liga, more than he was going to make with any other team on a salary basis. And because he was going to be with Atletico either way until the end of the season, it was the most, it was the biggest offer he's going to get at his age, uh, regardless of how well he's playing in La Liga slash Champions League. So, you know, anytime you can get a Champions League starter in MLS for, I mean, yeah, you know, we're talking somewhere probably between five to 6 million a year. Uh, who's a name brand player with your primary fan base market. Uh, it's a no brainer, no matter. And I said this on Twitter, no matter how he plays on the pitch, what he brings off the pitch for this club is going to make that amount of money every season worth it. And if he performs to the same, yeah, it's going to be massive. If he performs at that same champions league level that he's playing at right now, when he gets here in the summer and then for the next two to three seasons, then he will have more than made up for his annual salary by leaps and bounds. Yeah. He's a, he's a two, two and one option. Correct. Yeah, he's a win-win essentially. If you and it's six it and a half million there, but I get, if you you guys look on social media like I did today when I saw it, it was just one thing after another. And I posted something about like anybody else's followers just suddenly gone up a little. Like mine went up like twenty. I don't I don't have a ton. It was like twenty. I was like that's noticeable in a day. It's weird. That's because people are mentioning us and people are talking us about us. And Corey Baird's dad likes my posts. Corey Baird's father has liked my tweets. And I have never, ever once, and you can mark my words, ever talked bad about Corey Baird. But dude, social media is fucking stoked. And it, it's good because we weren't that negative after RSL. There was a little bit like, uh, but most of it was like, all right. These guys just lost in the Western Conference Finals. We outplayed them. We, we played the full 90. We, we used our substitutions wisely. No, it, the starting lineup wasn't perfect in our eyes, but it, it worked. We didn't lose. And then this. And, of course, the fact that Zek is also here. But, man, this is, this is us arriving. I think that's what it feels like. So, uh I'll share this with you. Uh, Seca is probably starting on Sun uh, Saturday against SKC. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. I, I picked him for like the bench, but uh, man, they must. So I wonder if they're going to move Dorsey. Uh, we will see. Uh, you know, we're out. They, they gave Dorsey and Zarek both the half each, roughly, give or take. Uh, and so it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, if Seca starts, which is what I've been told is, is going to happen, then it's going to be interesting to see how long they play him for. They may do another thing where they play him for only a half and then they bring in Zarek or Dorsey for the second half. Uh, I could totally see that so that they don't wear him out too quick. Uh, but uh, very interesting that already they're looking to just swap in Seca without, you know, any real match time as a sub, just bring him in as a starter. So. 
it says a lot about what they feel about that right back position right now. Yeah. And I think it says a lot about who we, and I don't think Nagamura is really fucking around here. I don't think he is at all. Like he is playing kids and it's like, okay, you played an ML. I'm going to put Zeka in immediately. Basically most people wouldn't do that. Okay. Tab did it last year. To be fair, we got, I kind of held his feet to the fire because of Bayard getting hurt. Partially landed for that. But Nagamore is just, to me, it's like, he looks at these guys and he says, Hey, you've played this game since you could walk, you know what to do. Go out there and play. And yeah, there's a system and all, but I mean, I don't, maybe it's not that complicated or he's got, he's finding guys that have played in this system. I mean, yeah, he definitely wants the outside backs to get high up the pitch and to be more attack oriented, but also to control possession a little bit. And I think with Zarek did a pretty good job of that. Actually, uh, the struggle with Zarek was he was, you know, he couldn't combine with Coco and, and whenever Kintero would come onto that side. Uh, and then when Thor came on, there was just no chemistry there with Zarek whatsoever. Um, but I think the intent is for someone like Seca, who is a much more attack oriented outside back to try to put pressure on SKC out of the gate, uh, especially given how they played in their first match, losing three, one, uh, you know, their back line looked very slow, uh, you know, on the recovery and, and as a team who, who can very much counter punch you. Uh, you know, I think the opportunity is there to much more than I would have actually thought to actually seize a a potential three points in S in uh, Kansas city. It's possible, ma'am. So, Hey, what did you, what did you think about RSL? That was our, that was was supposed to be the first topic, but, uh, I don't know what happened. I just, we started and Herrera popped in my head and I immediately became fanboy finister. I mean, and, her, her oh, so has always occupied a space in my head since he started, you know, rumors started flowing. Uh, yeah. So, you know, just a quick summary, I think, of the RSL match. Uh, you know, we could still do the three, 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 but, uh, you know, it was it was a bit static at times. I felt that the midfield, especially in the first half with Memo, uh, Sarah, uh, Seren and Vera, there was not a, there was too much almost fear of giving up possession. And so they didn't want to make the wrong pass. So instead of making the wrong pass, they just passed it back or passed it around the back line Um, or, you know, just immediately out wide to a player who was reasonably covered. Um, There were very few, you know, moments where, uh, especially for memo uh, that I felt like, you know, Oh, okay. He's going to be able to, you know, set this guy free by sending a ball over the top. Uh, Memo's balls over the top are uh, atrocious. Um, They're floaters uh, and they are slow floaters that any decent defender is going to be able to defend. Um, You know, he was trying to to switch the play a couple of times and that ball floated so far or so high and so long that it wasn't the outside back that covered it. It was the center back because it didn't even make it to the outside back. Because it's it falls in the air. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that and you're gonna be the guy trying to switch the play, and we saw it with Boney the last couple of seasons where he would switch play on the diagonal and he would hit that ball with 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 you know venom. He would hit it hard and he would hit it far, uh, and let Fafa run onto it or let uh, 
you know, wh- whomever else run onto it. But, um, it, you know, it, Memo cannot be that guy. He just doesn't have that power at that distance to get it that far, um, you know, that hard. And that's one of the reasons I don't want Memo taking long set pieces because he just doesn't deliver them very well. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, when uh, Coco came in and Quintero came in, there was much more creativity, but we also had the bulk of possession at that point. And so it was a little bit strange because, you know, whereas we would typically be looking to kind of hold possession and then counterattack, we were, we were trying to force the issue and create opportunities and we were, but there was just, there, there was chemistry and they were making moves, but that final touch, the final pass just wasn't quite there to, to, you know, to create the opportunity to actually score, except for the one shot that Darwin had, that bounced off the crossbar that if it was about an inch and a half to two inches, you know, shorter would have gone under and would have been a Galasso to open the season. But it also shows, you know, what an impact Quintero can make as a super sub, you know, playing 15, 20, 30 minutes a match. He doesn't have to be the starter, uh, especially once Hector gets here, he doesn't have to be the starter. You know, he's the guy that you can bring on late in that kind of Vicente Sanchez role, um, that just, you know, defenses go, oh, shit, he's coming on the pitch. Everything is going to amp up tempo-wise. Even though he's not fast, his creativity and his vision just creates mismatches very quickly. Yeah, I still like watching him. That was a hell of a shot, man. That was his weak foot. You know, I just I decided something while you were talking. We're not going to do the 3v3 thing. We can just talk this way. You know, because I don't like, by celebrating, I mean smoking weed since like five, I don't know, 15. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I feel really, really good right now. So we're, we're just going to scrap the 3v3 because I don't want to deal with numbers that move. All right. So um, my thoughts on RSL, I mean, we all saw it and I don't want to do a lot of time on it because it was, it was boring. We were okay. Like, you know, we, we looked organized. That was good. We had a clean sheet. We had 62% possession. 10 shots, two on target. We outplayed them. We didn't deserve to win, but we should have. You know, that's, that's the way I can sum it up. We didn't deserve to win, but we should. They play. And they, uh, that's how they play. They look to counter and they, they let you have possession. So I realized at first I made a big deal of it, but that's, we played the way they wanted us to possession and they're going to, they're going to counter. That's how they play. And that's what brought them so far or last year in the, uh, in the Western conference. But, you know, that brings us to the next thing, which is the social media reaction, which I touched on earlier because I'm an idiot and I can't read the order of my script. The Herrera thing threw me off. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. What's the last thing you heard? Uh, pretty much the last clear thing I heard was Hector Herrera dancing in your head. That oh my was, god! It was like hardcore. Just everything was broken after that, and I didn't catch any of it. Well, hi. Well, welcome back to the Houston Dynapod Podcast. Uh, my my audio engineer is a fuck up, and I will be dealing with him later. But we were talking about the social media reaction versus RSL, and I said it was it was actually felt more positive than negative. And the last time I felt that was after we signed Ferreira, but it was hmm. kind of nice to see. We, we mostly agreed. That was it. Like uh, most of the fan base seems to agree. We need another creator, but otherwise we know when we add Zeka, we're going to be okay. And if that 
Thagamino guy, Thagamino guy comes in, we're gonna be okay. And now you add Herrera to it, and it's like we're gonna be just fine. I think. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not so much. I think surprised by it as I am appreciative of the reaction uh, on social media, and I think just fan base in general. I think the one thing that's different going into this season from from previous seasons is that last year and previous years under Jordan that expectations were unrealistic season over season. This season, it's been very clear from the outset as to what the expectation is. You know, we're trying to make playoffs. It's not, oh, we're aiming to be competitive, you know, and we're, we're, we're going to you know, do what we can and that sort of thing. It's just, we're trying to make playoffs. It's very clear. It's very, you know, straight to the point, no BS. And that's been the way that Pat and Asher have been since, you know, since they got here, Ted is the same way in his interviews. Paolo's the same way in his interviews. And you look at the interview uh, or the, the press conference after, and Paolo was very, very clear in what he had to say. And that's, you know, uh, nobody should expect us to come into this first match and dominate this first match. We, you know, we've been making moves. There's still time that has to, you know, that has to pass for some of the additional moves to kind of finalize and, uh, and also for, you know, for players to get time together to play together. Uh, you, you know, I think what they're trying to make very clear, and I think they did a good job of it is, you know, this is a work in progress. This is not a finished project. Um, you, you know, I, I mentioned, I think on, Jen Orange earlier in the week that, you know, it's kind of funny because that there's a, a reality that we're living in right now, which is we keep thinking how huge this Hector Herrera signing is. We thought the same thing, you know, when Sebas was signed, that was our biggest transfer fee we'd ever paid for a player. Uh, and, and, you know, and the biggest player we had brought in really to, to date at that age, um, you know, in that, in that position. And here we go within three months of that happening, four months of that happening, we've now, you know, we will have signed Hector Herrera now, definitely without a doubt, the biggest player the Dynamo have ever signed. But I, I don't think there's any reason to believe that that is the end of this process. There's more to come. And I, I, I know that what is still to come is going to be is going to be incredible by the time this is all said and done. Now, that may not necessarily be the season, may not be until the off season, but it is going to be incredible. You do you know that once Herrera gets here. When the opposing goalkeeper takes a kick, what is going to echo throughout PNC, right? P word. I don't think it's as much of a guarantee that that's going to happen because I think they've done a good job kind of squelching it so far. It's going to be so much fucking fun. I would worry MLS is not like uh, Here we go again. The worst thing ever. Yeah, MLS yeah. is not like CONCACAF, though, and MLS is not going to be afraid Great. to sanction the Dynamo. So I, I think you'll be surprised at how little that's going to actually happen. You'll hear it. You'll hear it, but it won't be to the extent I think that you're anticipating or expecting. I think I think we're going to hear it, quite especially the first game or, or the second when, when the, it's all real new. But, you know, that's that just popped in my head. That wasn't even a topic. But it just crossed my mind, like, God, because he's been on, he's been in 90 plus caps for the, uh, for L3, 10 goals, an Olympic medal, correct? Yep. yep. Like he's a, he's a decorated national team player. He's, he's the biggest signing, I mean, performance wise, 
You can't hear me? I can hear you now. You were extremely fuck. broken up. <laughs> so, you know what I thought atmosphere-wise at PNC? The uh, atmosphere was, was quite good. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't full. I think we sold 18,560-some-odd tickets. About 82% of our stadium was sold. Yep. That actually attended about 60%. Yeah, sixty to sixty-five percent full. Uh, I and another another one of my friends estimated about twelve and a half to, to thirteen at at the high level. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't. It, it was a little over half full. Shout out to them, the surge. You know anybody in the surge, Sean? Anybody at all? I know, I know a few guys. I know a few people. I hear they're just, pretty cool guys. Just a few. Uh, yeah. Except for the, except for the Arsenal fans in the surge. I'm sure there's a lot of them. Really... I will say that there are a lot of uh, Arsenal fans in the surge, but there are a couple of, uh, there's, there's at least three Spurs fans in the surge as well. So we do balance it a little bit. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple city. There's a couple United. There's a couple Everton. There's like three or four Wolves fans, which kind of surprised me. I like Wolves. I do. I like yeah. their logo. I don't hate them. You know, I, uh, my day my day after work started with me checking the Tottenham score and going motherfucker this figures I knew this was going to happen I was like fuck this this club like I was but here's I was the thing quite yeah. angry I'm like you guys uh, I know yeah, but, I know it's, it's I said this they but it's they have less games and they can focus on top four yeah you're, you're I know like, no I know. not that not that no, well I mean that's important but just remember the soccer gods or the football gods, they have a tendency to balance out. So when there's a really miserable thing that happens, there's usually a good thing that follows it. So look, if getting Hector Herrera, you know, required that the Spurs lose today to Middlesbrough, you know, hey, I'll take it. You know, if that's what it took to get Hector Herrera on the Dynamo, then it was worth it to me. It really was. That sucks. But, you know, hey, there's other things the Spurs, that Spurs can uh, vie for. It's okay. Yeah, it just it made sense. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised at all. But you know, you say the soccer gods giveth and the soccer gods taketh away. I agree with you hundred percent because I believe in karma and the universe, and I believe if you do good things, that good things will happen to you. Which <clears throat> brings me into a little story. So, the first part I posted on Twitter. I think the night of the match, right? That the most exciting part for the game, part of the game for me was when my girlfriend texted me a upper thigh down photo in the bathtub. Now that really happened. It was like the second half and it was extremely boring at this point. I was getting bored. My kids were getting antsy and they're pissing me off. And my phone goes off and it's her. And I'm sitting next to my, my daughter and I open my text messages and all I see are these really really legs and a tub of water and i just went oh shit and i tried to close it real fast he's nosy as fuck so that was that was pretty exciting oh here we go unstable internet connection well whatever you hear i'm just going to keep going but um today we were talking and the, my my girlfriend feels weird saying that my girlfriend is into uh she goes to Renfest and she gets dressed up and she goes to like Viking festivals and dresses like a Viking. Like she does all this shit. She's kind of wild. So I was watching this show called Vikings and I was talking to her 
And she started talking about how I said, I said, Hey, I was looking at these costumes. And like, I was thinking like, I wonder if I could do that. And she goes, I've imagined you in those costumes more than once. And I was like, Oh shit. Cause I have long hair and a beard. So I, I look a little Viking ish and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not small. And I was like, Oh shit. I was like, like, how far are we going with this, this Viking thing? Like, do I need to learn like a Nordic accent? Like, where does it stop? <laughs> She's like, how good is your Nordic accent? And I was like, my Nordic accent isn't very good, but I can grunt really, really well. So it's like a, it's like a, like a little Viking thing, dude. It's, it's, it's a Viking thing turns her on and it's kind of hot. I want to wear like a bear claw necklace. And I told her like, I'm not taking the jewelry off. Cause she made the comment. She goes, yeah, I bet you'd look really good in that, but you wouldn't be wearing it for long. And I was like, holy shit. Cause she never talks like that. So I was like, yo, this, she's into the Viking thing, which is pretty cool. I mean, how many guys can say that? <laughs> Fuck. So man, who, who is your man of the match? Sean, now that I'm done rambling. <laughs> Sounds like you were, uh, Man, you know, I, I think I do kind of agree with the Vera man of the match, uh, you know, as voted on by whomever. I don't know how that came about, but I think I do agree with that because I thought he looked pretty good defensively. But, uh, you know, again, didn't provide a whole lot in the attack, but that you don't kind of expect Vera to provide that. So I think it's OK. But Vera. Yeah, I I was happy to see he was named it, but I, in my heart and from what I saw, I was like, Fafa. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, he, I, I would have been okay. Two. So here's the thing. I, I was fine with, like I said, I, I agreed with Vera, but I would have been fine with Fafa or also Darwin Quintero because when Darwin came on, the match just felt different when he came on. You know, it was like there was just a different energy to the, to you know, to the match. I, I would still, I, I would stick with mine. I'm sticking with my pick, Fafa and Matias. But it's really good to see Matias performing like this because he's, he was rated quite high. It was like a 7-7. Seven, seven. He was a 7-7 yep. seven, seven in a match where no goals were scored. That's yep. fucking – that's pretty goddamn high yep. for a match where it's a nil-nil draw. That's that's very good. And um, he's young. We just resigned him. And I've I've always liked him. And he's, he's you know, he took a bad rap a couple times last year because he closed down too slow and got beat and they scored and they – beat us or whatever but you know we sucked back then we didn't have big dick ted fucking holding our hand and treating us to ice cream we do dad's in town mm-hmm. oh yeah man so you want to go back to herrera i mean i always want to return to herrera yeah uh so <laughs> here's the first thing what does this say for us as a club on the continental level continental and possibly not global, but intercontinental. Well, maybe global. He's coming from Atletico. Yeah, global because we were mentioned during the fucking Champions League game. So, am straight. Global explode, expo- <laughs> exploding. Global exposure. I know well, where your mind is at. <laughs> I'm exploding. It's that's tomorrow. That's I'm saving up. So, what do you think? Like as a step for the club, like where does this put us, or where? What has this done for us, man? Uh, it, it's look, you know, we we did talk just a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. I've kind of lost track, but we did talk about how. You know, the, the big struggle for Houston in general and for the Dynamo is that Houston is not a destination, right? It's not a it's not a place that players are looking at and going, yeah, that's top five of my list or that's top three in my list of places I want to go. It, having a player like a Hector Herrera, it just opens opportunities. It opens doors for you, whether that's sponsorships, whether that's, you know, corporate sponsorships, business partners, 
you know, whether that's just the opportunity to bring in additional, you know, L tree players or players that have played with uh, Hector before, or whether that's clubs internationally that want to start connecting with you that open the opportunity for your Academy players to get exposure overseas so that you can sell them on for higher fees or whether that's maybe you now have the opportunity in five, you know, not five, but in two to three seasons, if Paolo Nagamura happens to struggle, you have the opportunity to bring in a higher profile coach because now you have a player that can draw that type of coach. Or maybe it's that now your players that are playing with Hector, if they start start playing well, they're going to have opportunities on their national team end uh, to be able to, to get those call-ups. So there's a lot of different things that opens up, but the, the really the biggest one is now – there are going to be players out there that haven't played with Hector before, uh, you know, whether they're L tree players or otherwise, but players that haven't played with Hector before that are going to look at the dynamo as a potential destination because now Hector's talking them up. I guarantee you when Hector gets here, one of the you know biggest things he's going to be doing is he's going to be telling players that ask is going to say, yeah, Houston's a great place to come. He's going to like it. And you know what? It, you, you made me think. We, as you said, we talked a few weeks ago about, how it's not a destination. And then we talked about that's why it costs six and a half million dollars to get them here. You have to overpay if you're, if you want to get a big name, nobody knows about us on a global scale and to live here. It really is a pretty good place to live. Oh, hell it, yeah. it is. It's got, it's got everything you need and it's affordable. You can come here and live pretty fucking well, as opposed to like LA bro, uh, an MLS rookie salary in LA He'd have roommates. Yep. Yep. He'd have roommates. Like he wouldn't even have his own place. That's how expensive it is here in Houston. You could buy a condo in Kima like, and live in your own place, you know? Oh yeah. But it, this is up to us now. 100% it's on the supporters now because this man, Ted Siegel, like he, he must, his real name must be Jesus Christ. He has done every single thing we've asked without fail, like for real. And he's done it fucking fast and often, which sounds really hot, but he has. That's what he did to mama too, but that's neither here nor there. Dude, at this point in my life, I wrote in the discord today. I said, I would let Ted Siegel have his way with every adult member in my family. (laughs) Cause it was like, I, I wrote once like, I'd rather have a sister in a brothel than a brother in Austin. And they were like, dude, or something, a sister I don't have. But yeah, I wrote that shit. And then I just, I popped off, but man, we have to, we have to step up now and support him and get out there. And I think this place is going to be full. It's going to not, not now, but when he gets here, you know how, how loud it's going to be, how full it's going to be, oh, how, yeah. green it, how green it's going to be. Look, you're not going to want to miss that first match. And, and I'll tell you that I have you know, I have reason to believe that his first match is either going to be the uh, it's either going to be the Texas Derby against Frisco here, which seems the most likely, depending on how far it let him make it, or uh, it's going to be he's going to debut in Austin for the Austin match. That's that. Those are the two matches they're targeting for his debut. Have you noticed how fucking quiet it's been out of Austin today? Have you noticed that Twitter wise? I've seen a few, you know, you got your standard keyboard warriors over there, but you know, it, it's been a lot, uh, it's been a lot more tame. I will definitely I say haven't that. heard them. Yeah. The typical raw, raw boys are not here. 
Yeah. Those are the weekend. Those are the, that support the club. But man, we have to support this. And I think we will. And I think this is going to be so big. And my mind is all over the place tonight, man. I can't, I just keep coming back to this because we are, we are, we are like, we're a big deal now. Like we are one of those clubs that just did something that not many clubs have ever done here in MLS. Yep. yep right. Yep. Like who are the big ones? Galaxy have done it. LAFC's done it. You could say, you could argue Seattle did it with Dempsey. Who else? Miami did it with like three. Fucking flopped. Red Bulls did it because Red Bulls did it with Rafa Marquez or Rafa Marquez. No. NYCFC with David Villa. Yeah. Yeah. There's been, there's been a, there's been a bunch of teams, but I mean, that moves us from, you know, from the, I would say bottom of the table, you know, in terms of maybe not expectation, but in terms of respect by name now alone to at least, you know, top middle, you know, we've definitely jumped a significant number of positions for sure. Yeah. Our attendance was ninth out of 14 last week. So it wasn't terrible. It wasn't better than Frisco. Oh my God, dude, their numbers are awful. What are y'all doing there? I know none of you listen, but what the fuck are y'all doing? Yeah, they're like it was cold. Bad. It was fucking cold. It was cold here too. It was cold in Austin. Yeah, they had their their weather was actually worse than ours. It, it wasn't just cold; it was also very wet. So they, I give them a little bit of a pass, but it's always that way in, in Frisco, unfortunately for them, because it's a high school football stadium. Nobody's going to want to go out there as an entertainment venue. It's just not what you do, you know. Yeah, it's all open. It's it's garbage. Like it's terrible. Yep. That's why that's why they can't keep anybody once they become good they're like i don't want to fucking play here no this is a training facility in most places get me out of here yep pepe is like when can i yeah leave no he, he's he's not going he's, win. he's going on inside. yeah he's not going he's not going win he is leaving in the summer almost a guarantee at this point yeah yeah so you thought you were talking about mid-table respect i think that this move here if we can hover i said near i said 10th if we can hover at 10th 9th I think with this move, when he gets here, we can be in the playoffs. If we're in like ninth or tenth when he gets here, I think this is a stadium filler. It's a momentum changer, and you just put possibly the best. You just you just picked up possibly the best player in the league. You could make that argument. I am curious to see if Pat makes some kind of trade deal uh, like a month or two before he gets here. You know, like in May. Uh, or, you know, late April, early May, because there's going to be opportunities where a team is looking for a center, mid, you know, central midfielder uh, to potentially come in and, and bolster their their depth or whatever. There's going to be injuries that some teams, you know, deal with. And so they're going to be looking for, for players in those positions. And, you know, having seen Memo play, I hate to say it, but he's the perfect trade opportunity for another club because, He's a player that has played at a relatively high level, you know, in the past is still fairly young and, you know, he's just not the right fit for this system. So, uh, you know, if I'm another team, that's a player that I wouldn't mind getting my hands on at a low price point, but, you know, you figure the Dynamo could, could leverage that. I mean, how many times have we seen this happen with Columbus? Look at who they went out and got, they went out and got Darlington Nagby for their team. Right. And, and that was after they already had secured uh, Zeller Ion. So uh, again, I don't, you know, I've said this, I don't think this is the end of it. I just think it's the end of the signings that they're planning to make this season, um, you know, outside of Tiaguino, but I definitely, Oh, you're gone. 
I'm back. Oh, that's good because it was such a great topic too. I know, man. This is terrible. I just switched my my to my five G fucking Wi Fi. I don't know what's going on here. You sound clearer now. Maybe that maybe it's just interference. I don't know, man. It could be. It's that's the joy of living in apartments. Your internet will. I know. I live in one too in Valley, (laughs) and it's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, uh, but you know, going back to the point. You know, you look at what Columbus did when Pat was there. Like I said, they they signed Nagby or they traded for Nagby and traded a lot of, you know, allocation money to get him. Uh, and, and, you know, that was after they already had Zeller on. So I, I have to wonder if we don't see Pat make that same kind of move where there's a player in another key position, you know, maybe winger or, you know, somewhere else. I don't know where, uh, you know, maybe killer you know destroyer at eight or not eight uh, at the the deep lying deep lying six um you know that that can play in that type of position that we want to go go get that a club is willing to trade uh you know trade us um you know those players exist out there uh and, and those opportunities may very well come uh and i trust pat to make the right choice when it happens and i kind of want to see it happen because if we can get that type of player before Hector gets here or as Hector's getting here, then, you know, you're talking about established high level talent all the way through your spine, all, you know, in every position, basically. And, and it, it would make sense if they were to pull it off. I don't know how much allocation money they currently have available, but I have to think it's quite a bit because I know Darwin Quintero is not on a DP salary anymore. Hector's going to be on a DP salary, so he's not going to hit the salary budget the same way. Uh, Sebas is on a, is on a DP, you know, salary. Of course, there's no question about that because of his transfer fee, but they're not going to buy him down. They don't need to, um, you know, and your backup, you know, strikers Thor at this point, uh, Corey Baird's not costing them a lot of money. Fafa's not costing them a ton of money. Baird was uh, terrible. You know, he, he, I think he was better than, than he looked at times. I mean, the reason I say that is because, the the RSL left back played really well and their left center back played really well. Um, and that was even when Coco came on, you watched how many times Coco was just completely thwarted. They were reading what the Dynamo were trying to do and what the Dynamo were trying to create pretty consistently. Crosses were not coming in from that left side. A, you know, they're coming up on the right side, but from the left side of the, of the defense, they just weren't, they weren't letting anything through that side. So I have to wonder when we come up against, you know, other clubs that have weaker left side players, if that's going to create better mismatch opportunities for, for Baird. I didn't think he looked that bad. I just thought that he was just constantly squashed by, you know, the quality at at that left side there. Dude, he rated out at a five, six or five, seven, five, five. It was, it was a very low score. And it was like, that's really low for a nil, nil draw. Whereas you have Vera on the flip side, who was, like we talked about really, really perform real well, but yeah, I kind of feel bad about knocking Corey because I never have. And I did just mention his dad likes my you tweets. You did. You did. Ah, I fucking jinxed it. That's yep. me, man. Self-sabotaging yep. since, since day number one. Numero uno. <laughs> I, I am beginning to wonder if we have one of these owners that's like, I'll fucking spend it. Go get it. Like, that's what he's starting to seem like. Like, I'm going to fucking go get it. Because I, he's, I, oh my I, God, he's got everything. Well, I, I think it's beyond just that. I, I think Pat came in when he first met with, you know, with uh, Ted and, and Ted's kind of crew. Um, you know, Pat made a very simple case. 
He laid out the exact moves he wanted to make, the, you know, as much as he could. Maybe not specific names, but generalizations around the type of players he wanted and in what positions and how much he wanted to spend and in what positions he wanted to spend that money. Uh, you know, and, and 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 I think Ted bought into the Ted bought into the plan. And, and in buying into the plan, he also bought into Pat, which means that Pat has his trust. And as long as Pat can maintain that trust with Ted, Ted's going to, like you said, Ted's going to open the checkbook and say, hell yeah, let's do it. If you think that's what we need to do to achieve the next level, then let's do it. And trust me, those opportunities do come up more often than people think. It's just you have to have an owner who's willing to say, Yep, let's do it and not waste time because it's those owners that make, you know, that take this time to make their decisions. That's when things slow down to a crawl and when players start to question whether they're really wanted or staff members questioning whether they're really wanted. I mean, you look at the the move to bring in Chris Martinez, uh, who is a renowned youth development kind of guy helping that transition between the USL Academy level players into MLS. Uh, and, 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 you know, big names, Gianluca Busio, uh, he helped, I believe he helped, uh, before that it was, uh, God, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but, um, you know, two or three other players that I can think that I know of off the top of my head that I don't remember their names, youth players that have moved overseas in the last few seasons, um, you know, that, that have started significantly for the U S men's national team in the last few years, players that, that are being talked about as the future of the U S men's national team. Uh, and this is a consistent thing with with this guy. So it, you're bringing in these big time personalities and talents in, in just across the organization, not just as at player positions. And that is really where I think Pat is making as big of an impact as he can. Is he also very clearly showed Ted that there are significant holes outside of just on the pitch that we also need to address. And for all of the changes they've made in the off season coming into the first week of the season, and now Hector Herrera in the, you know, going into the second week of the season, the amount of change that they've managed to push through is simply attributable to Ted Asher and, and Pat, no questions about it. Like they've done phenomenal work in this off season. And like I said, total, you know, to- total respect and appreciation to Ted for, for being willing to make those changes and-, and being willing to put, you know, put the money where the mouth is. Colin from keeping tabs is very excited about this. He's posting like, this is my first day. This is he wrote, this is like my best day ever or my third best day ever. And he was like 2006, 2007, Hector Herrera. Colin is very excited. Dynamo land is excited, man. And we've talked about how Houston is, a sleeping giant, right? We've all said it. Len Davis has said it. Everybody said it. it. It's it's there. The base is there. I feel like Ted Siegel just walked in, ticket our balls, and woke us up. And he's doing it with like, it's what it feels like. And it's it's not a bad tickle. It's like a ooh tickle, you know, not one that makes you giggle or like jump or kick your foot out and hit somebody. One that kind of it's like ooh, like it, it shifts the blood flow. It's I know that's quite erotic, but man, he's, he's onto something here. And I'm, I'm, I'm just enamored by him right now. Cause how often does that happen where you get this owner who comes in and he's a little coy and he's a little bit vague, but he says, I'm going to fix your problems. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, yo, we got problems still. And he's like, I know, give me a minute. And then he's like, yo, we still don't have a coach. And it's like, hold on. 
we're about to hire this 38 year old. that's never coached professionally before technically. Oh, okay. You know, and then Pat Onstead before that, and then it starts to come. We're cutting this guy, this guy, this guy. We're not resigning this guy. And we're all like, all right, aside from Saran, we get it. And then the signings come. Sebastian, Zeka, the rumors, Herrera, everything, the supporter section. He's done everything we've asked. And I can't stress this enough. We have to now pay it back. Like we have to show the fuck up. This guy's done everything you've asked and he's brought the biggest name he could possibly bring at, at, at MLS rates here. And he did it, but he overpaid, but he did it. And he did it because we've asked for it. And because he knows that BB, P, fucking BBVA PNC is about to change into a rocking fucking house when this guy gets here, man. And that's the most exciting part. I, I, the part, my first thought was shit. I'm going to need, I'm going to need to buy tickets soon mm-hmm. for those games because they're not going to be there. It's nope. going to be sold out. And that's the last time that was an issue was 2017 against Seattle, right? Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I would say so. The next, the early part of the next season because we had made it so far. Yeah, man. I just got really dizzy. Like really dizzy. Jesus Christ. All right. So we have listener questions and I feel bad because Dago, Dago, Dago's a bad word, actually. Dago. To go, he wrote in. So Atletico is obviously trying to sway Herrera back by giving him the attention. He wrote this question in and he stressed to me to go get it because I've been shitty about reading my listener questions because I'll ask for them and then people send them in and I'll forget to read them. So Dago, I have to fucking think before I say it, Dago sends it in and I saw it and I didn't write it down because he always goes through Instagram and I don't ever check Instagram. I post there and I fucking forget I posted there. So I don't go see it again. He always posts there, but then on Twitter, he put a message in and he was like, Hey, I posted on Instagram or something like check Twitter. So I went to Twitter and there it was. And I got his question. I was like, Hey man, I got it. And he's like, cool. Cause I've missed this question before. And he writes a question about how he feels Atletico is trying to sway Herrera back. Do you think it's a problem? Do you think now like we won't get him? And his question was answered before I could even do it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dago, damn it, Dago, Dago, I'm sorry. Pronounce it this way. It's Diego. It's D-A-G-O is how he spells it. It's Diego. I know. Pronounce it that way. Diego. Dude, my D- mind doesn't work Diego. Diego. So sorry, Diego. There you go. All right. Here we go. Houston Dynamo, Dynamo memes said, what did y'all like more? Dorsey's first half or Zarek's second half? And I think this is a really good question. And because you brought it up earlier when you were talking about the substitutions and getting a look and how Zach is going to come in, mm-hmm. I want you to go first. Uh, Zarek, actually, I was pleasantly surprised. And the reason is because I felt Zarek was more controlled uh, in possession uh, going forward. Uh, you know, he, he understood what his role was, and I thought he played to it very well. He created a couple of opportunities. He tried to interchange with Coco, tried to interchange with Darwin. You know, he didn't try to get in the way when possible. Uh, and, you know, towards the very end, he, he was the one who almost had the goal that would have sealed it, uh, you know, but, hey, it wasn't at our own goal. So, of course, it didn't go in. Uh, but, you know, hey, he put in the effort, and it definitely showed. You know, Griffin Dorsey is a little bit like a, he's like a colt, like an unbroken pony. He just kind of gets out there and he runs around a bit and exciting shit has been known to happen. But sometimes you're like, oh, why did you do that? Whereas Eric, Eric knows his job. 
Zarek now is like, I'm not a racehorse. I heard to pull shit and work a little bit. And Zarek does what he's supposed to. I really liked how they had him high up the pitch, but he's so unwilling to go forward even from there. Like Paulo literally, to me, it seemed like put him where he wanted him so he could ping the ball or do early crosses. But I, I would say Zarek's second half because I don't, I don't like not seeing him. I haven't seen him all preseason, it feels like. And he's really fallen off the dynamo social media. He's not the cover boy anymore. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yep. He's not appearing in everything. And it kind of is like, ah, oh, man, because he's, I like him. And, you know, he's pretty, which is probably the fucking main reason because I'm superficial as fuck, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, he's pretty and he, he does his job. And he also powdered his balls and became a, a forever gif. Jif, however you say that. Remember when he powdered his balls and he was like sprayed his nuts or something? There was an injury. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going Zarek. All right, the next one is from Gyro JC, and I want people to think it means Jesus Christ. So I'm not going to tell you who it's really from. His name's Chris. Who from Spurs could the Dynamo realistically be interested in? Well, I think that Ted Siegel has ambitions to be better than Middlesbrough, so I'm going to say no one. <laughs> hey i hear harry i hear uh harry kane might be available this uh, right. summer uh i'll leave tottenham come on playing houston um who who from spurs could the dynamo realistically be interested in yeah, yeah it would be a lone player who's not in the first team a harvey white i don't even know if jack clark's there right now somebody like, like that dane scarlet uh no he's he's know, too big for us a, a divine Right now, actually, Divine, Divine would be big. a hell of a. Uh, you say that? I mean, come on! Everybody thought the same thing about Hector Herrera too. Never say never, my, my man. Yeah, never but the age, never. the age, the age, age difference. He's hitting his. You know, he's young. young you don't DP want to stunt right his now? growth. Bring him in as a young DP. Splash the cash. Sell him on for a hundred percent of the transfer fee later in two to three seasons when he's ready to go back to Europe. Hell yeah! No, I I, I agree with you. There's I hate to say it. There's just there, there are very few, if any, of those players right now, uh, I think, on Tottenham that are realistic that we could truly go after. Yeah, and, you know, um, this, this brings me to something. I, I've always been against buying the aging players to come here and retire. Mm-hmm. But I, I think because I've never experienced the way it makes you feel. Sure. I think I've changed my mind. Like, I, I, I think this is – I think that this is needed right now. You, it is. I know there's a right way to do this, and this isn't – this isn't, this is kind of, this could be it because if it's a process of let's get the fans back first. And then while they're here, we build the shit behind it. And then it comes up. Well, it, it's, it's, you know, we, we talked about the abusive dad thing, right. Or abusive relationship. So this is the abusive relationship part where the new person has come in, you know, into your, you know, and, and you just got out of the abusive relationship. They've come in and you're kind you've kind of been on the edge, like, okay, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop because I know from my experience, there's always that shoe that drops. Oh, look, we're linked to Hector Herrera. Okay, when's he going to tell us no? We've just kind of been waiting for that moment. And then he says yes. And now it's like, you know, she's like helped us realize that, you know what? We didn't deserve the shit that we went through. And yeah, we're a lot better than that. And we deserve better. And holy shit, we got what we deserved. You know, like it's that kind of thing. It's, I guess, kind of like your girlfriend right now, buddy. You know, I was going to (laughs) say, you talk about, being in relationships and waiting for the other shoe to drop. I've been doing that for over three months now and it has not dropped. However, 
in the past, that motherfucker has hit the floor hard. Like when the shoe dropped, it was like, whoa, you were wearing steel toed boots. I didn't know that. I, if I would have known that in the beginning, we wouldn't have done this. But yeah, the other fucking shoe. Mm-hmm. All right. So Chris Righteous, Chris Righteous says, Zeka is in Houston. You kind of answered this earlier. Do you start him, put him on the bench, or not even on the team sheet versus KC? Me personally, having zero professional soccer coaching experience, having zero soccer coaching experience at all, aside from football manager, which I'm doing quite well in, I would put him on the bench. But the rumor is, from the Dynamo Insider 2.0, the professor, Sean Ringrose, you're not going to be called the Dynamo Insider 2.0. I'm not. I was like, where are you going with this? That's dumb. <laughs> You're still just a professor. Fucking relax. Everybody calm down. Yeah. Um, according to you, which I don't know your source, but you I'm going to believe, I'm gonna believe intentional. you. I'm going to believe you because I'm naive and gullible. And that's why the shoe is always dropped in my relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I, gonna, I promise to treat you right, baby. Don't worry. I'm going to expect if he starts, man, I'm okay with that. Sure. Let's oh, see yeah. him. Let's oh, see him. Yeah. We, exactly. We've already seen the other two. Dorsey's kind of new there, but we know what you're going to get from Zarek. And if you're telling me, Hey, you can pick between Griffin Dorsey or Zarek Valentin to come off the bench. I'm like, you know what? We're not in that bad of a position because one can attack and one can defend. Exactly. Exactly. So we have rotational, yes. we have rotational players and Zeka can play on the left as well. So or, we could we or, Zeka on the left and Griffin on the right. And we could just bomb up the fucking field. Or, you know, if push came to shove and we needed an extra winger, hey, guess where Dorsey can play? You know, like that that utility is what's going to keep Dorsey on this team, regardless of whether he's starting or not. His capability to play along that right side, just in any position at this point. Yeah, I like the idea of Zeka on the left, Dorsey on the right, and they bomb up the pitch. Then in midfield, that one defensive mid is Darwin Saran, but his fucking spikes have been sharpened into like razor blade points, and he's got a toothpick in his mouth. And he's just fucking like in a like defensive position, which I think is like legs slightly shorter with the bar. And he's just fucking like right as you go to dribble at him, his tongue like licks his top lip just a little bit. You know, oh fuck, this is not going to end well. But other than that, that's what I like to see in the backs, the left and the right back. Man, I am all over the place tonight, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Darwin Saran. Tony says, do you think with this is a good question, actually, do you think with the Dynamo dose, there will be emergency loans to fill the squad and not have a short bench? Oh, absolutely. Because there's players, academy players that are with Dynadose that uh, are signed to homegrown contracts that certainly could immediately jump in at the senior level as needed, at least on the bench. Um, You know, think of all the, you know, I, I, actually this was part of my three good three to improve was we didn't have any of our homegrowns that actually played versus RSL. And that kind of surprised me. You had Palomino, you had, I mean, technically Danny Rios, uh, you know, all the other, you know, homegrowns we've signed. I can't think of all of them because there's so many of them, but you know, there's like five or six homegrown players that have signed homegrown contracts. Uh, and then there's Ethan Bartlow, our draft pick from last year at center back who didn't play. Um, it, you know, there's a, t- we got a ton of depth this year. Uh, a lot of young, young depth, but depth all the same. And then there's a lot of quality at Dynados. I mean, you have Papa and Doye, who I thought played really well in preseason down there, who started for Dynados. Uh, you've got uh, the uh, the guy that we just signed to a homegrown contract at goalkeeper for our third string goalkeeper. He's down there with Dynados and played for uh, played uh, part of the second half. 
Um, and there's a couple of def- central or outside backs down there in Dynados that one that we signed for Dynados or one that was signed for Dynados specifically. Uh, and then one that is an academy player. Uh, and both of them apparently played very well and created a lot of attacking opportunities and defended well. So, um, I mean, there's just a lot of quality down there, which is what we want right now. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm excited for that because that means in two, three seasons, we're going to have a very strong, you know, bench, if not starting, you know, caliber outside backs without having to pay really any money for them. Uh, and I find it funny and, and, you know, I know that, uh, I know that this will be appreciated by a few people, but I find it funny. The people that harp on the dynamo for paying money to pick up that third string goalkeeper, uh, that's a homegrown player. Look, it doesn't matter how much they paid to get him. He's going, you know, if he pans out in any way, shape or form, they've already, you know, gotten more than they paid to get him. And it means that he is going to be on a lower salary contract, which means if they do inevitably need to sell him on, which I suspect is going to happen, they're not, you know, it's not a huge, a huge hit. It's not a huge hurt, Um, you know, and it's at a key position. You really want to have a guy long term that's capable of of making the jump to MLS. So there's lots to like right now with Dynados, that's for sure. Yeah, I just and they won against Tulsa in their opener. Oh, that is that's phenomenal. One, it was only a one zero score line, but they didn't get scored on in their opener either. So that's you know, two clean sheets, two clean sheets. That's top to bottom. I do think that tends to speak to Paolo and Pat's and Asher's intended kind of tactical system. They don't want to give up goals. They want to go and they want to find that you know nick that one goal here and there, create the opportunities. I mean, we created, you know, like you said, we created 10 opportunities, only two on target, but we created 10. So we created opportunities throughout the match. It's nothing like the, you know, times we would hit, you know, 17 opportunities and maybe have one that actually went towards goal last season and the season before that. But it is, it it shows you the type of of game that they want to play, which is much more possession oriented than we've been used to. And if they're doing the same thing with Dynados, that means those players can feasibly make that jump into the MLS, uh, you know, team because they're already playing that exact same system and style. Yeah, I think it's a good situation all around. I don't think Dynados, I think the Dynamo might, I, I don't see us loaning anybody. I really don't. I think there's enough players out there to find to fill it out and then you know you have your also your academy kids at different you know u19 u17 levels and also i don't i don't think we'll need any emergency loans to fill that out i think if there's any loans it'll be for the senior squad and i'm not a huge fan of loans because i always look at it as you're developing somebody else's player player but if you uh if you're one piece away from a trophy legitimately then i'd be like all right I think when he's asking in re- relation to emergency loans, he's talking about a loan from Dynados to, to the, to the dynamo. He's not talking oh, from another team then, yeah. coming in, which oh, is sure. exactly, you know, what we were just talking about that, you know, we have enough talent down there. I could very, I could feasibly see, especially when we get close to, you know, if we're vying for that playoff spot, I could absolutely see if Papa and has had a very good season. I could see him loaned up to the MLS squad. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, there'll, there'll be people shuttled it back and forth. And uh, speaking along the same lines, before you get to, if you have another question, I don't know. But before you get to it, how nice was it to see our first round draft pick, first time it's happened in a while, actually get a debut in the first match of the season? That's where I was going next. Uh, it was good, man, and he looked he looked chipper. He looked bright eyed and bushy tailed. He, he looks pretty had, good like, physically. 
he only had what 12, 13 minutes, you know, on the pitch. So it wasn't enough to, I think, make a too much of an assumption about how he's going to play or what his role is going to be. But I, I thought he played as, as good as I could have expected for a draft pick uh, for a young kid. And, and, you know, I can definitely see where the hype comes from, you know, his size and stature uh, and just the way he carries himself, uh, you know, on and off the pitch. I, I, I like the kid and, I really do hope he succeeds and I'm starting to really buy into my prediction that I made a few weeks back that, yeah, I could see him hit that double digit goal mark as a sub this season. And I did say that by the way, for MLS, I'm starting to think I was right. Uh, oh, we're talking about talking about draft picks that played, man. I don't know if you follow Austin FC. Apparently I do now because I talked, I talked so much shit to them. Now it's like tweets recommended for you. So now I get to see it. Thanks Twitter. Mm. I don't want to see it all the time. I only want to it's see probably because you just interact with so many Austin fans. I'm sorry. Oh, dude, Aston it, fans. It's my bad. Aston. I'm sorry. I mispronounced it. They there's a dude. You'd be surprised. There, there's a few that would like message me privately and be like, Hey man, no, you make sense. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> thanks. Like I fucking thought I didn't think I was crazy. Yeah. But no. like they Kip Keller, they started Kip Keller at center back yep. and he rated out at a 6.8. And they, these guys were posting about how excited they were. And I was like, you guys won five nil against the worst team in the league for two yep. years running. Yep. And he posted a six, eight with a yellow card. Yep. I was like, that's not, that's not, it's great that he's starting, but what the fuck are you? Don't be so excited. Like, don't say it was a good performance. It wasn't, but then you know who the next lowest rated player in Austin was. Uh, Oh, what's the kid's name? There's another kid. Uh, Oh wait, Maxi. It was Maxi Rudy. Yeah, it Next. took me a minute. I'm like, wait a second. 7.0. Talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. 7.0. Yep. And I said, well, then again, you guys I'm glad are also that they brought more excited in Ma- about I'm, our trash. I'm glad that they brought in uh, Maxi Rudy to help uh, you know solve their uh, goal-scoring woes because, man, he's going to really help with that this season. I mean, I, I didn't dislike him when he, he was here, but no, absolutely end, we, saw, not, we saw him but... for what he was, and Austin have built him up like – to be yeah. big and, and the same he, with Keller. It's he, like he, he's there coming of Jesus. And it's like, this is not his role. I'm sorry. It's not. I told is. them, I told them, I said, by week seven, you'll want Musa Dijit or however you yeah. say his name, Dita. Yeah. Yeah. You'll want him by week seven. Like, trust me, we, I saw him for a year. Like, you're going to, you'll be okay at first. And you're like, all he does is run around a lot and not score. I mean, he scores every now and again, but like, he's, he runs around a lot. But man. Yeah, they've built him up. It's like, okay, well, now I see why you're so excited about him. You were also excited about this one, <laughs> but this one's younger and he might be better. So, yep. man, do you have anything else you would like to say before we wrap this puppy up? How frustrating was it? I, I have a couple of things, but how frustrating, actually I have three things. How frustrating was it to see how little respect Fafa got from the, the referee? Uh, I was criminal. Dude, there was one where it looked like the guy almost like in regular time, I was like, did he just straight up spikes up, kick him? Yeah. to no. Slow it down. There like, oh, were a couple, there were a couple of very questionable moments. The the one where he was literally brick walled. Yeah. The moment before there, that. Yeah. There was two fouls in the same exact play. And, you know, say what you will, but the ref just waved it completely off. And I'm like, what? Yeah. MLS like, refs are the worst. Oh, and it was right in front of the fans, so the supporters. So it wasn't like he didn't, the ref didn't hear it. Oh, he definitely heard us. Uh, you know, so that was frustrating. Um, I, I think two other things that I noticed too, uh, in the supporter section, getting to be there during the match, 
before the match kicked off, since the Dynamo started going away from the supporters, so they were defending the goal in front of the supporters, Steve Clark, right before kickoff, when he walked up to the goal and kind of did his routine, he yelled out to the supporters and he was hyping the supporters up. This is something that Marco Marich could never do. He never had that connection with the supporters, and Steve Clark is trying to build that. And to me, that's what you need to do if you want to be a player – uh, that is going to to be a guy that that the fans want to buy into, especially as a goalkeeper. You want somebody, and I guarantee you that's something he did regularly with Timber's Army all the time. You know, hyping them up and yelling into the crowd and just getting them you know wound up and ready to go. And I think he understands that 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 level of intensity when you can get that from the fans coming back at you that can help you make those extra saves in those clutch moments. And he did come up with two really big saves during the second half of that match that I really was like, whoa, those are actually really good. So it's nice to see. Uh, and the final thing was, well, have you, it sounds to me like the statue for Steve Clark is already being built somewhere. I think it's a little early one match in probably a little early, but I definitely, but somebody, somebody somewhere is sketching an idea of a I, Steve Clark statue. I suspect this is this is what went through Pat's mind. Steve Clark is a lot like me when I played. Man, I really like Steve Clark. I know goalkeepers. Hey, Steve, do you want to come play for the Dynamo? How much do you want? Steve's hey, just shorter. Ted, he wants this. He wants this amount of money. Make it happen. Okay, all right, make it happen. And then he's here. But you know, Pat did the same thing. Pat was more than happy to rile up the fans. You know, behind him every time he was in goal, and 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 he had that connection with the fans. And you know this because. How many fans will tell you about Pat's time here and the championships and, and how Pat was and how approachable he was as a player, Steve Clark's the same way. And, and so, yeah, it was, just, it was really great to see as a, as a supporter, as a fan. Uh, and I think it just gives me the, the hope that there will be other players, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of buy into that and start doing more of that as well. Uh, but the, the last thing I want to bring up, and, and this will just be, you know, it is what it is, but, how nice was it to see us not be exhausted in the 60 to 70th minute and actually play a full complete, what I felt like 90 minute match. Yeah. Not run for no reason at all. And, and how nice was it to see, you know, uh, uh, Paolo use his substitutions, do substitutions before the 80th minute. Oh my God. It was yeah, it fantastic. Was, you know, it was new and they were impacts up. they were impactful. They, they brought us up. They didn't even bring us down. We looked better in the second half with Coco and Darwin in there, but you know, it's it's a, it's a work in progress, and we we had we made we made progress, and the weather didn't play into our favor at all. Because if it's not hot and humid here, we lose our advantage. Absolutely, one hundred. And the, the weather there favored RSL, and we we outplayed them. And I think we have we have a lot to look forward to. And whoever is currently sketching that Steve Clark statue idea, like in my head, they're surrounded by old like i'm talking first or second year dynamo memorabilia like all that from the championship years and they're sketching just furiously to the point that sweat is furrowing on their brow and just dripping down like i'm yeah and 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 i don't you know i've I've heard this now from a few people so i can confirm this but i've heard that there will be uh in the opposing locker room there's going to be, uh, you know, the they're going to have all sorts of signs that talk about, uh, you know, what to look out for when it comes to dehydration on the field, the signs of dehydration on the pitch, you know, those sorts of things. What to do if you start to feel dehydrated, 
you know, all of those types of things to try to get in their heads, but also they're going to have some sort of, when you enter the tunnel or in the tunnel, it's going to say something to the effect of like, welcome to hell. And I am absolutely here for that. Oh, they, uh, it's the sign is Bandera Negra has that sign up there. One of their TIFOs is welcome to hell. I don't think you could see it because of where you were. Probably not, but, but it's that's one of those like signs. The perfect, that's the perfect sign. It I would just, I would just cut off the air in the visiting locker room. Problem solved. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a quick, simple solution. And if it's cold, crank that heat up, yeah, crank it up, yeah. make them sweat, make it hot in there, make it uncomfortable. They can go in and out, in and out, in and out. But yeah, in the summertime, your air ain't working. Sorry. No, uh, actually our AC is broke. All we can do is turn the heat up. You want us to turn the heat all the way up? Oh, you do. Okay, cool. Dude, I've had, okay, I used to coach high school football in Texas. I've had opposing teams. Coaches do that to us. Like, that's not even a joke. Fucking put us somewhere where the air was broken. And it's like, yo, it's hot. Or it's like, well, sorry, we don't have air. Yes, you do. Well, you guys can't come in here. Fucking dicks. We could do that too. The ultimate home field advantage. Nobody would want to play here. It'd be miserable. And when we we traveled, they would ruin our lives. For sure. Yeah, so high Sean, school football, high school football in Texas is no joke. Nope, did it for oh god, almost ten years, man. Mm, I'm sorry, a lot of work, a lot of work. It makes me tired just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm here to the other football. Yep, the biggest sport and, in the and, world. And the now daddy's game. daddy's treating you right. He is big, daddy Ted, big Dick Ted is. He's just fuck. I, I can't. There's nothing. I you know I can't not speak highly of him. He's just done so much, and it's. You know, I know that we're not going to be the biggest team in the world. Is it possible? Sure. Is it probable? No. Absolutely. But we could we could legitimately be one of these teams in the MLS where it's like, oh, fuck these guys. Like, again, like we were once. We were once. And then we could be again. And that's the exciting part because this one feels like this is here to stay. Yep. Yep. And I wonder when they're at the table, because I know Gabriel Brenner is still a minority owner. I wonder what he, Ted says. Like every time they disagree, like I would love to be a fly on that fucking wall. I feel like Ted is just like, get down and kiss the ring, bitch. Yeah. Like Brenner goes to speak and Ted's like, you shut the fuck up. (laughs) You, you have no place here. I am unfucking your mess. (laughs) Fuck Pat. Get him the fuck out of here. (laughs) Like he's because Ted's kind of short, man, but he looks like he could get angry as fuck. Look, Ted's got some New York and Jersey blood in him, man. He, he looks like he could go if he had to. He really Dude, does. That's, that's another reason I love him. He's from New Jersey, just like me, which, by the way, Glenn Davis is also from New Jersey. I love the fact that he came down here like because I'm not going to lie. When people from here learn that I'm from New Jersey, especially where I used to live in Texas, they would fucking cringe. Like I, I met a guy once because he was reading the I was reading the newspaper and he goes, Victoria Advocate. Ever since them goddamn liberals bought it, it ruined the goddamn paper. And I, I put it down and I looked at him and I said, hey, man, I'm from New Jersey. I have a feeling that we're going to get along great. And then I started reading again. And we actually did end up getting along. But, man, you don't like they don't like Yankees down here, which nope. is fine because it's it's actually a compliment if you research it, because it means like a clever person and they were. Clever person that used to take advantage of others and trade. So I love the fact that this Northeastern guy has come down here of all places and is like, you know what? Let's fucking put some shot. Let's put some shine on this motherfucker. Let's clean it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's get you done up proper and take you out to the bar. 
because I feel pretty right now being a Houston Dynamo supporter. I feel, I feel, I feel sexy. Do you feel you should, sexy? You Do you should. feel sexy? Do I feel sexy? I Do always you feel, feel sexy. Always. I, I understand. I can see you on video and oh my God, why is your shirt off? What are you doing? Bro, you said that when we got to the end, you were going to finish. And uh, oh, I thought that's man. what you meant was finish, right? No, I said finister. Oh, I was oh. just talking to myself. I was saying finister. I almost. I would apologize, my, but you know, you love it. I almost said my real name like two minutes ago <laughs> when I was telling a story. I almost said my real name and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> that being said. Boys and girls, this is it, man. We've come to the end. Sean, you have to plug your show. You haven't done that yet. I haven't. Uh, actually, I'm going to hold off plugging my show. I'm going to plug a different show this week. Uh, you know, we talked about this, and I feel like I'm going to do it. So make sure you guys, he brought it up earlier, Keeping Tabs podcast. Hit them up on, I, they're probably on iTunes, iTunes, probably on all the podcast platforms, I'm sure. Uh, but definitely hit up the Keeping Tabs podcast. You guys know how to find me at this point, I'm sure. But hit, hit up Keeping Tabs. He, Colin's excited. He deserves the, the views, the listens. Uh, give, give him some love. Give him a follow on Twitter if you're not. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. And I'm not going to lie. Sean said it's probably on all streaming platforms because we've always struggled to find it. That's exactly why you said probably, isn't it? It's 100%. Yeah. It's hard to find. And Colin, we will help you. Like We will assist you. Just put it on Anchor. It, it simplifies everything. And, I'm, and they don't even pay me for my fucking ads anymore. When you hit right. so many plays, they stop paying you. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'd rather <laughs> fucking get paid still. This is the double-edged sword. It's like, you're fucking doing well, but you're doing just well enough that we don't want to pay you anymore. Fucking dicks. But um, so after the game, after the game, they did a Twitter space, uh, Dynamo Hub. And they invited me on to go talk. So I was like, all right, yeah, sure. I'll go talk. And lo and behold, obviously, imagine this. I had technical fucking issues with my AirPods in the car. So when I get on there, I don't know who it was, but he said, it's an honor to have you here. And I was like, dude, do you listen to my podcast? (laughs) What? It's an honor to. Okay. Well, if it's an honor, then we will get along smashingly, sir, because if. You're honored by my presence. You are one of me. And bro, there's not. No, they weren't. But it's fine. We're going to do that more often. Um, it actually got decent turnout. There was almost uh, a little over 20 people there at one point. That's awesome. Which is surprising because there's usually not that much. And But we all try to push it out and stuff. And I told them to make sure they got Dynamo Theory on board because they have quite a few followers that they can talk to. But yeah, it's yeah. You know, I love that they're doing it. I just think it's tough when you're talking home matches, because if if they're you know, if the people that are tuning in are out at the match as much as they want to be able to tune in, you know, if you're a supporter, you're not getting out of there fast enough to be able to even participate. The the March is probably still going on because they still have the March that happens after they didn't this time because of the fireworks. But I mean, like, you know, just between all the different after stuff that has to happen, it's difficult to hop in. I kind of mentioned that, you know, to them, but. You know, definitely after away matches. Oh, hell yeah. It's on. For yeah. Sure. I think after the home matches, it's got to be at least an hour. Because, like, I was still in the car driving my kids home. Oh, yeah. 100% and at least. At least I, When I heard it, like because they, for some reason, when I clicked the space after it ended, it crashed suddenly. Like, we were in the middle mm. of it, like, an hour later. And it was, like, done. And it was, like, this ended. And I was, like, all right, cool. I guess I'm done talking. <laughs> but when I went to play it, there was a major difference between my AirPods and just on the phone. The phone sounded better. I mean, AirPods, hmm. they don't they don't sound very good. 
But that is it, man. That is for it. real this, this time. That's actually for real this time. Uh, Sean, thank you for joining me. I'm sure that we will do this again sometime. For sure. Guys and girls, I'm Finister. This is the Houston Dynapod podcast. And as always, go Dynamo. Albert Valise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, Valise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.